Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. It is Monday um, of, yes, Iowa, sir. of Iowa State Week. And, Taylor, I come away from Steve Sarkeesian's press conference and the players' uh, press conferences today wondering if these guys have figured it out wondering if they have the resolve uh that i wrote about today in the morning brew uh because when you lose three straight games almost exactly the same way and it's you know double digit lead you play well enough to get the double digit lead the play script is working the defense is turning the other team over uh, big plays are happening. Casey Thompson's hitting Xavier worthy for a touchdown. You've quieted their crowd. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the fourth quarter and you suddenly start giving up big plays in the running game. Receivers are still dropping passes. Um, at some point, someone's got to stand up and say, Hey, guess what? Enough is enough. Right. We're gonna a vocal win. leader needs to step up right now. Yeah, whether it's the coach, the strength coach, the defensive line leader, somebody, everybody has got to stand up and say, this is it. We're going to take out all of our you-know-what on Iowa State this week, and we're we're leaving Ames with a win. Right. And that's it. And Chip, in my opinion, it has to be Casey Thompson. Like at some point, I know he's still, you know, somewhat green as a starting quarterback, but your starting quarterback needs to be that guy. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian talked last week about how if Bijan Robinson wants to be a vocal leader, he absolutely can because he does everything right. Well, from everything we hear about Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson does all the work. He puts in the extra work. He watches so much film. I don't, I don't know if he has a, a personal life probably because all his life is, is football. And so if he's the guy that does everything right, it needs to be Casey in my opinion. And because somebody at this point has to, I mean, does Texas want to go to a bowl game or do they want to be the, the program who in the first year of a head coaching change doesn't go to a bowl game? When does that happen at Texas? If ever. You don't want to be that team. And Casey Thompson needs to be that leader, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think Casey's, um, you know, trying to be, he he said today, I I said, are you, you know, what do you say to Marcus Washington and Joshua Moore? Does this team have a number three receiver behind Xavier Worthy, Jordan and Jordan Whittington? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I got to be positive with those guys because, you know, they've been positive with me. But it's beyond 
just the offense. It's right. It's it's everybody. And it's what, you know, where's the fire coming from? I used to always ask this question when Mac Brown was the coach, because Mac, super nice guy, hired really good coaches around him, wasn't afraid to go hire Will Muschamp or Gene Chizik. And but I always had to ask the question, where's the edge coming from? Because his teams were soft. Yeah. And and the one thing I'll say uh, under Tom Herman is crazy as that guy was the you know crazy eyed drill sergeant. His teams feared him, and they played tough, and they played physical. I don't know if they feared him. I just think they hated him, <laughs> to okay. be honest. But yeah. but use the fuel, the hate fuel to right. Fuel and he was willing to he was willing to wear that. Right. Um, he was willing to be the hated guy, and and whether he balanced that good cop, bad cop well enough or not, who knows, but his teams played physical. They were always in every game. They played tough and they gutted out wins late. Mm. And a lot of that was Sam Ellinger. Some of it was Sam Ellinger having to gut it out late because he didn't play well enough early in the game or but whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> they, they stepped up and beat Oklahoma state last year against all odds, right? They, they beat Texas tech last year against all odds down 15 with three 13 left. They came back and won this year. They get up double digits and you almost look at the scoreboard and go, uh Oh, they're about to turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. And that is top down. That's mm -hmm. top down that the fire has to come from the coaching staff and then it has to come from player to player and where's that resolve because you're good enough to get up on these teams you you're good enough to score 48 against Oklahoma right you're good enough to go up 17-3 against Oklahoma State to lead by 11 in the third quarter to lead by double digits in the third quarter of all three of these games and then you fold in the fourth quarter at some point you have to look inside and say enough yeah enough. i'm sick of it are you guys sick of it i'm sick of being asked about it i'm sick of living it and i just think back to 2013 taylor i think of when texas went to oklahoma everyone was ready for ou to serve as mac brown's pallbearers <laughs> and a somewhat weak-minded team smashed Oklahoma for three and a half hours, rushed for 250 yards, were the more physical team, Case McCoy slinging it all over the place. And Texas beat OU like 36 to 10 or 36 to 20. And they dominated. They dominated yeah. the game. Malcolm Brown running it. Jonathan Gray might have been Jonathan Gray's best day as a Longhorn. They dominated in the trenches too. Right. They were the more physical team. Mm -hmm. at some point it's just a manhood thing. Yeah. It's just, okay. Tope Mati, you're 367 pounds, whatever. At some point you just manhandle that guy in front of you. You just, I mean, play like you're 367 pounds. Exactly. Don't play like you're 250. Right. And know what the snap count is. The pre-snap penalties continued against Baylor in critical situations, right? Mm -hmm. Leading up to the fake punt. They had third and six. Tope Amade false starts. It's third and 11. 
Got to change the play call. Now you're in a tougher situation. They don't convert. Fourth and 11, fake punt, disaster. And Taylor, I I thought, I asked the players today if Steve Sarkeesian said anything to them about calling the fake punt. Because that's a, that's a I don't trust you move, right? Mm. That's a, I don't trust someone. I don't trust our offense or I don't trust our defense, but I feel like we've got to do something crazy here, trailing only three points, try to convert fourth and 11. And he didn't. The yeah. players said that there was no mention of the fake punt on Sunday when they met for their meetings and practice and everything. In fact, Steve Sarkeesian today said, we're going to go for fourth down every once in a while. And right. our defense has to be ready to play sudden change. Right. I mean, he kind of hung it on the defense for giving was, up the, yeah. the three-play drive. But, but, and that was, I was, that was one of the, I think one of the first moments, Chip, in my opinion, at least when Steve Sarkeesian said that, where I was kind of like, you're setting your defense up for failure in that situation too. I mean, you can blame whoever you want, but if you're, you know, the, the offense isn't moving the ball, you're going to make the, you know, punter run it 26 yards to get a first down at midfield. That's a risky move regardless. <laughs> I mean, if it was fourth and one, then maybe you fake it. I don't know. Maybe that's better because he only has to get 16 yards instead of 26 for a first down. And that that I was I was taken aback because that was one of the first times that it seemed like Steve Sarkeesian was trying to excuse his way out of a poor decision. In my opinion, I don't know if you felt that way too. That but that was that was my takeaway when he said that. Yeah, and I just I feel like the look the players Moro Jomo today. He was asked about, you know, Brees Hall last year saying they may have five-star players, but we have five-star culture after mm -hmm. Iowa State came into Austin, a game Texas was leading by 10 in the third quarter, they went were, for yeah. a fake punt, mm -hmm. and it That's failed, true. and the momentum swung from that point forward in the game. Texas was leading by 10 and went for a fake punt. Yeah. It failed the momentum swung and Iowa State ended up winning the game. And Brees Hall says, they may have five-star players. We have five-star culture. Moro Jomo was asked about that today. And he said, he won. He gets to say whatever he wants. Yeah. I just hope we stop the run on Saturday night is what he said. Yeah. And hope is not a strategy, Taylor. I mean, no. these coaches need to put these players in position to make plays and then these players have got to impose their will if they're ever going to see the light of day for this season which has already slid into you saying as we open the show do they want to go to a bowl game yeah i mean they're not bowl eligible they need two more wins to become bowl eligible and i think and there's two winnable games left on the schedule there's for sure one, <laughs> you know, I'll say that there's for sure Kansas. That's a good thing that Texas does have that, but there are, I mean, yeah, Kansas Texas, and Kansas state are home games. Yeah. And Texas has been in these games. I mean, it's not like they're getting pummeled from the jump and maybe that's what they need chip. I mean, maybe they need to get punched in the throat a little early in games to wake up. I don't know, but something has to change.
We shouldn't be talking eight games in the season and saying, does this team want to go to a bowl game? That's ridiculous. I th- that's ridiculous. I even said that. <laughs> and it's right. sadly the truth, you know? Right. Because this was a team last year that was seven and three, would have been eight and three if they didn't have their Kansas game canceled by COVID. Mm-hmm. And if they would have beaten Iowa State at home, they would have gone to the Big 12 championship game. And and this year, they're four and four and wondering what hit them after playing well enough to get up early on three ranked opponents. And, you know, Casey Thompson was asked today about there's been so much turnover, right? Like how did last year's team go seven and three and have a third quarter lead on Iowa state to go to a big 12 championship game. And this year, Texas is four and four and can't seem to get out of its own way. And he talked about the turnover. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a new staff. It's new schemes. Some players are still trying to figure it out. And I felt like part of that was the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's clear Jordan Whittington and, and Xavier worthy have grasped what they need to grasp. doesn't seem like anyone else in that position group has right. And the offensive line is not, getting better. Are they trying to do too much? Remember Steve Sarkeesian talked about, we want to do more. The more you have to defend, the the harder it is for the defense. Maybe they just need to go to a wide zone scheme like Baylor and, you know, and play laterally. Um, Whatever it is, this offensive line is not getting better. Bijan Robinson was just held to his season low. And is no longer the Big 12's leading rusher. Brees Hall is. Right. So there are areas of this team that are getting worse, not better. And we always say the sign of a well-coached team is week-to-week improvement. And, you know, I asked the defensive players today. I asked Derek Kerstetter today, where are you seeing improvement? And it there's a pause. Yeah. You know? And this is that stretch right now. This is that point in the season. We talk about crossroads and okay there are levels of crossroads okay we want to play for a big 12 title okay even after you lose to OU we want to play for a rematch Oklahoma State you lose well now we need some things to happen you lose that you lose to Baylor now it's it's a dead end we just gotta get better (laughs) yeah and you know that's going this way and and that you know that mindset that culture i mean now we're talking about the culture of the program taylor you know is the culture under steve sarkeesian did it relax to the point where this team isn't tough mentally and physically late in games yeah i mean i don't you know you you always hear people in football say your strength coach is your culture coach because they're around the players more than anyone else. And Steve Sarkeesian was asked about his strength and conditioning today. And he said, you know, we have all the monitors. We can see how the players are doing. And they're they're not tired. Yeah. Okay. So they're giving up. So they're, what, yeah. they don't have any confidence. And yeah. it's your job as a coach to instill your players with confidence and belief, no matter what's going on. I remember Matt Rule in that one and 11 season, he, he 
kept telling his team, listen, I see progress. We're going to break through. It's going to happen. And little by little, little by little, it happened. And his right. teams were tough. They played physical from the beginning. That part, I'm not seeing. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian says, we're going to be a dangerous team when we finally get over the hump. Yeah. But we got to get over the hump. Yes. Don't tell your team, you're. we're going to get over the hump. Don't mm -hmm. tell them, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. It just feels like everybody's looking at everybody else for answers. And, and I thought it would be a different sound today. And it wasn't. Yeah. And, and I will, you know, obviously culture is not something that happens overnight. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has said that, and that that's not coach speak. That's, that's actual, you know, that that's how it goes. And there, there's a lot of reasons why coaches in year one don't find a ton of success because the culture really isn't instilled, you know, perfectly by the time the season starts, but that's for everybody. And that, you know, at this point, excuses are no longer going to be accepted, I think, because it's eight games in the season, you know, you're, whether it's accurate or not, obviously the culture is not there. And I do think that they will get there, but you can't just throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, well, it's not going to happen this season. So let's just skate on through the rest of the four games on the schedule. And, and I agree with you. I, I didn't necessarily feel that there was a fire or an edge on Monday coming out of that. And you want to hear that. And it starts from the top up and it starts with Steve Sarkeesian. And, you know, if he's kind of, I don't want to say he's pointing the blame because I don't think that's accurate, but like, you know, the comment about the fake punt call and then saying the defense has to do its job there. It's like, well, the offense wasn't doing its job at all. And that's, you know, the defense was doing well early in that game and it started to crack or, you know, crumble and then ultimately crack. And so, I don't expect excuses at this point, excuses. You know, I expect a coach to just say what it is. I mean, Tom Herman was a jerk, but at least he talked real sometimes, you know, and sometimes he says stupid things where we're just in there like, oh gosh, you know, but still like, you don't want to hear excuses when things are going south. And that's what people did say a lot about Tom Herman too, is when things are going south, he started pointing the blame on anyone except for himself. Steve Sarkeesian has to take accountability for this right now, Chip. And and, you know, him admitting that that was his play call, the fake punt was his call. It wasn't like a, you know, a wrong decision by Cameron Dicker. It was the call. And it's like, like there's just a lot of head scratchers. And you don't expect that, you know, from midway through the season coming out of bye game or bye week. And also when you just drop the, you know, back to back games the same exact way that they essentially drop Baylor. Like there's. It's, it may, we may sound like, you know, more doom than anything else, but it's just kind of like a, watching that Baylor game. There was no part of that game. I'll say this, that I felt that Texas was going to win. Not one part, even when they were up by 10, didn't think that was going to happen. I, I knew, I just thought that. And I start to think, is this the way that the team is playing? Like, okay, we have a lead, but we're going to lose this. And if that's the way that it's playing, you need Steve Sarkeesian to erase that mentality from their heads and you need the players to step up. And that's why, you know, going back to the leadership thing, I feel like it almost has to be Casey Thompson. And and the defense needs it too. DeMarvian Overshawn, I mean, he's what, a Buckus Award semifinalist? Like, he's he's earned his stripes. He's got to be the one that's also saying stuff too. I mean, that that's just, it's, it's non-excusable for these upperclassmen that have been on campus. I mean, they were both in the same recruiting class. They need, the defense needs a leader to step up, whether it's 
you know, DeMarvin, Rashawn, Keandre Coburn, Josh Thompson, whoever it may be, they need to step up. The offense needs someone to step up. And I don't necessarily think it's going to be B. John Robinson. So it has to be Casey Thompson. But ultimately, you know, the fact that we're having this conversation right now, Chip, just makes you really wonder what's going inside, going on inside this locker room, what's going on inside these players' heads. You know, I mean, we could be totally wrong in our assessment of what's going on behind closed doors because we're not behind closed doors. But it just seems to be the same story, different week. And that's not a good place for Texas right now at all. And they're especially about to go on the road against this Iowa State team. Iowa State is not as good as they they were expected to be, but they're still a good team. It's not like there's some scrub. And if Texas goes and gets absolutely demolished, then what happens next? Yeah, I mean, Iowa State is number one in the Big 12 in pass defense and number two in run defense. And they have a they have a legit assassin um, as a pass rusher in Will McDonald, who um, you know has seven and a half sacks, is incredibly disruptive. Another you know blue collar find for Matt Campbell, and they still have Mike Rose at linebacker. They've still. <laughs> You know, they still have John Haycock as their defensive coordinator, so they can do what Baylor just did. Mm. Um, and I expect them to do exactly what Baylor just did. And they may do it at a better level, a higher level, too. Right. So, you know, everyone's getting more and more comfortable um, with gambling to stop the run and forcing the Texas passing game to beat it. And um, and the Texas passing game got off to a great start against Baylor. And then in the second quarter, it was one. I mean, there, Steve Sarkeesian is right. There was an opportunity to break that game open. You're in Baylor territory three times. You, you have a, you drop a touchdown pass. And on the very next play, the ball goes through the hands of that receiver for an interception. And then on the next series, that receiver fumbles the ball in Baylor territory at the Baylor 26. There was at least 17 points. You could argue that were left on the field. If you count the, you know, the throw that Casey Thompson missed to Xavier worthy uh, when he was wide open. So it's, you know, it, it's little plays here and there. And then I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit in the third quarter the offense comes out, puts together a 14-play drive that takes six minutes off the clock. You're like, oh my gosh, where's this been? Mm-hmm. You know, they're mixing it up. They're they're eating the clock. They're going down. They score a touchdown. They're up 11. And then the defense gives up a monster drive. Yeah. 75-yard drive, four minutes off the clock. And you're going, well, they can't, they're not tired. I mean, they just had all of halftime and six minutes of football time, which is 30 minutes of real time to rest up and be fired up and protect that 11 point lead. And they get gashed. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. They turned over twice in the first half. Mm -hmm. So again, you look at Baylor's coaches, you say, well, uh, their adjustments are working. And say that about every coach that the last three games, every team, especially the other team's offense against the Texas defense. And look, the Texas defense played more single high safety than they've 
you know, it's been too high till you die for Pete Kwiatkowski. <laughs> and even when his corners were playing well, I thought Josh Thompson, Darian Dunn had good games. It wasn't like they were getting beat deep. They didn't get beat deep in the passing game. Right. At some point, you're going to have to take some chances to stop the run because if you're giving up the run, you got no chance. Yeah, you're open, your team's run to throw and to open up the passing game. And spe Sorry, speaking of run, you've got to run Casey Thompson more. Yes. Steve Sarkeesian, I know you don't like to run your quarterback. Casey Thompson scrambled for a 25-yard gain. The guy can get you six, seven yards here and there. I don't care if it's a QB sprint out, run pass option, bootleg, whatever. You've got to incorporate more quarterback run into this offense to force the defense to have to account for it. Right now, defenses are like, Sarkeesian doesn't run his quarterback. Right. It's yeah. not coming. This week, I would put it in. I would put it in and I would say, hey, all those running plays you learned under Herman, we're going to put three of them back in this week and we're going to use them and we're going to use them in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah. or I don't know. I mean, it's it's like they unload their playbook and then all of a sudden they're looking around in the second yeah. half. Well, and, and again, like we said this after the game too, they don't need to run him like they they don't need Casey Thompson to be Sam Ellinger as no. a running quarterback. They just need to have people respect him and his ability as a running quarterback because it it's respectable. It's not it's not asking say a David Ash to scramble or something like this. I mean, Casey Thompson's a, a natural born athlete and he may not be the fastest guy out there, but Sam Ellinger was not the fastest guy out there. But Casey is I think a lot more, you know, uh shiftier, I would say probably and not just barrel on through, but you don't even need him to be a Sam Elliott, but you need people to respect the quarterback running game. And there's no reason to right now because it's, it's under, it's not utilized. I mean, at all. And it needs yeah. to be, I agree. Remember Colt McCoy in 2008, Colt McCoy was the leading rusher on that team. Colt McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. He set the NCAA record for most accurate, you know, highest completion percentage in a season. He was also the leading rusher for Texas in 2008. They had a poor offensive line. They had poor running backs. And Colt McCoy got it done. I mean, I voted for him for the Heisman in 2008. Hands down, he was the best player in college football. Yeah. But this, it, it's time. I mean, it's time. You've got to make some changes that are going to give your team a chance and it's just, we've kind of been saying they need to run Casey Thompson more yeah. for three weeks and it's, it's not happening. I mean, he, he had the 25 yard scramble and it just reminded you that, gosh, that's a pretty good weapon right there. He just covered, you know, a quarter of the field. Um, imagine if you incorporated some plays where they have to account for a bootleg or a waggle or a run pass option sprint out where, Thompson has the option to run. And that's something that we'll say it again. Good week to do it because Iowa State's defense is legit. I know they just got lit up by West Virginia, but Jarrett Dagey, that's the bad news for Texas. Jarrett Dagey, the quarterback at West Virginia, is throwing the ball all over the place. He leads the Big 12 in total offense, and West Virginia's, you know, starting to figure some things out. So um 
and Texas has to go to Morgantown in November right. this this month. So, uh, Taylor, is it going to be a November to remember, or is it going to be more of the same? And uh, everybody's resolve from the coaching staff to the strength staff to the players has to change this week, or this this rut is not going to be broken. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. And, and good coaches don't just coach to their scheme. They coach to their player's ability. And if Casey has the ability to be a running quarterback, Steve Sarkeesian's got to get it out of his head, not to rely on it or not, not rely on it. That's the wrong word, not to utilize it. Cause I don't think that you have to rely on Casey Thompson to be, you know, the team's leading rusher when you have Bijan Robinson back there, but it's time that he's got to get probably outside of his comfort zone a little bit and trust in the player's talents that he has at his disposal until he can get his prototypical quote unquote type of quarterback that he likes to have in his schemes. But you got to coach to your players. You can't just coach your scheme and expect the players to fit perfectly into it. That's not, especially as you're one coach, you can't, you, you can't rely on that. It may, your scheme may have worked at Alabama your scheme may have worked at, you know, USC at Washington, wherever he has been, but your scheme's not going to work taking over a program if you don't, you know, have the personnel to run it. It's just like when Mac Brown in 2010 was so out of his mind that Texas lost Alabama from a power running game. And so Mac tried to make what Cody Johnson, like the power running game. And you're like, huh? Like that, that is not his strength. Like just cause you say you want to be what, what just beats you doesn't mean you have the tools to do it. And I think that it's kind of a similar situation right now is, you may want to be the Alabama offense. Obviously, everyone wants to be that if you can, but you don't have the tools to do it right now. So you got to get outside your comfort zone a little bit. And I, I think that starts with utilizing the quarter, opening the quarterback running game more. Well, and I know Steve Sarkeesian's a California guy. He's pretty laid back. He says the word cool a lot, but he needs to ask himself, what would Nick Saban do? Yeah. <laughs> After three straight games of getting double digit leads, what would Nick Saban do? Nick Saban would be breathing some fire at this point and saying, I'm sick of this. How about y'all? Yeah. We're going to give you a great game plan. And then y'all just go out and destroy the man in front of you. Mm -hmm. And let's get out of Ames with a win and change the course of what's left of this season. Yeah. Um, all right, Taylor, let's uh, let's get to some love it or leave it. All right. We will uh, take a really quick break before we get to love it or leave it, but stay tuned. Um, we have some more football talk coming up, including something about the transfer portal that uh, we think Texas should be utilizing right now. So with that teaser, stay tuned. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Make sure that you do subscribe to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. We are expanding our video product at Horns 24-7. Definitely want to check it out. We're going to be adding a lot more features in the coming months. So just go to youtube.com forward slash Horns 24-7. Hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, and uh, also be sure that you're, if you're listening on our audio podcast, that you uh, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating review. Say some nice words. Hopefully um, our bosses read that and will like what they have to see from you. But uh, we'll read some of those reviews here um, next show uh, if you go onto the iTunes page. So with that said, Chip, you ready for some love it or leave it? Let's do it. All righty. My first one for you is love it or leave it. This year's Texas team is more creative on offense, but lacks the physical and mental toughness of last year's Texas team. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna love this actually, um, and you know I do like what they do on offense. I like the way that I like the way that they start games, and I like the fact that they're a fast starting team. They get up on teams. Um, I think there has been a lot of creativity offensively, and and then I do think this team lacks the the mental and physical toughness of last year's team. And that's mm-hmm. disappointing. That's disappointing uh, because, you know, Sark is a, a good guy, right? The players like him. He's He relates to them. He keeps it real with them. He's a good uh, coach too. He's a good he's, coach. He's yeah. a really, really talented offensive mind. But you've also got to be able to, you know, ignite these guys and – and challenge them, not embarrass them, not, not, you know, call them out, not embarrass them, but challenge them as the coach. You've got to find a way to bring out that, as my man, Dan Neal said, you know, football is legalized fighting. You have to bring out the fighter in each of these guys. And that's on the coach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's uh, that's been a, a little disappointing because I've I said for years when Tom Herman was here I said you know the one thing you can give Tom Herman is his teams are tough and they play physical. You can you rarely could ever say that about Mac Brown's teams, and now we're back to saying that about Texas, and that's not where you need to be. Um, so I uh, I'm gonna love that Taylor. How about you? I'm going to love it too. Um, yes, obviously that this team is way more creative on offense and I do agree. It does lack the mental, the mental and physical toughness of last year's teams and of, you know, a number of teams that Tom Herman fielded. And in saying that chip, that in my opinion, when we talk about how physical and mentally tough those teams were, especially last year, there's, two guys I point to, and both those guys are gone. And it was Sam Ellinger and it was Joseph Osai. 
You never, you never thought that you were not going to get 100%, 110%, sometimes 200% effort from those two guys. And it show, goes to show that that type of player leadership, both on the field and off the field and vocal leadership, it can be contagious. And I really do feel that this team's lacking that. And I think it starts with losing guys like that, where there's an, an example of a player. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not really sure right now that I can point to one player that I, I would say Bijan Robinson's probably the only player that we could probably point to. You know you're gonna get the max effort if he's if, especially if he has fall in the sand. Um, and the players around him that it's not contagious right now. And if, you know, I look at the offensive line, if I was an offensive lineman and I had that guy running behind me, I'd be doing everything I possibly could in my humanly power, you know, to make sure that I not just block the person in front of me for him, but move them so that he can go because he could go so hard and he's so talented. And I just don't know if that's really what you're seeing on this offensive line. I don't know if there's the, that fight of this guy, I mean, B. John Robinson is totally out, probably out of the Heisman race right now. And it's because, a, a lot of it, because of his offensive line. How, how do you go to sleep at night if you're an offensive lineman knowing that? That your lack of development and your lack of want to and your lack of physical and mental toughness mean that means that one of the best players, if not the best player in college football right now, probably will not get an invite to the Heisman. I'd be pissed. But I don't know if there's players like that. And I think that that comes from mental toughness. It comes from physical toughness. And, you know, if there's, it's clear that I think a lot of these guys probably relied last year more on the the key players to be the mental and physical tough players because they were difference makers like a Sam Ellinger and a Joseph Osai and even a Sam Cosme, you know, I mean, uh, those are three players that obviously are in the NFL right now too. So that doesn't help that Texas, I don't know if I can point to three players who will be in the NFL next year right now, but um yeah, so I, I totally agree. I'm going to love it and say that this offense clearly is more creative. It's much better. It's much improved. Um, but the lack of physical and mental toughness across the board is, I think, almost contagious and not in a positive way like it was last year. Yeah. All right. Love it or leave it. Number two. All right. Number two is love it or leave it. Texas three-game losing streak is more on the coaches for not adjusting to opponents' adjustments than it is on the players for not imposing their will at the end of games. Uh, I'm going to leave this um, because I think it's on both. And um, I think this is a joint effort. This goes top, top down. Coaches, strength coach, and more culture from the strength coach than these guys are strong. I mean... It's, it's about having confidence to execute what you're trying to execute. And that's what's mystifying to me is that we're not seeing that week-to-week -week progress, especially like you said, with a running back like Bijan Robinson who can turn a poorly blocked play into a touchdown right. um, because he's that talented. Um, but uh, defenses have zeroed in on the keys of – what this offensive line, you know, in poker, you look for tells the defense has identified all the tells of this, of this offensive line when it comes to running the football. And that's why I think you have to run the quarterback more because you've got to give them something else to look at. Um, they've, they figured out 
you know, a lot of the motions, the shifts and what's coming after it. Um, but it's, it's a joint effort. This is, this is all up and down the board. And, and you mentioned, you know, Sam Ellinger and Joseph Osai and those guys were big time players in their final year of college football for Texas. And, um, you know, Casey Thompson, as we said, is six starts into his college football career. He has two more years of eligibility after this. I think he's getting better. And I think he's a player who who's played well enough to win. Mm -hmm. uh, in two of these three losses, he definitely wasn't good enough uh, against Oklahoma State. But um, Sam Ellinger had some tough days, too. He had a tough game as a freshman against Oklahoma State. So... You know, as a people, true freshman, though, as an 18 year or 17 right. or 18 year old, not as a 21, 22 right. year old. Right. But you still have to get out there and see these defenses. And I will say yeah. this about the Big 12 the Big 12 has some legit defenses this year. Yeah. I mean, we can, you know, we thought TCU was going to be rough. TCU was nothing compared to Baylor or Oklahoma State. Um, and Oklahoma was gettable in the secondary, and, and Texas got them. I mean, scored 48, absolutely should have won that game. So it's an Iowa state is number one uh, in pass defense and number two in run defense. It doesn't get any easier. So that's why the resolve has to kick in now and it's got to be uh, from top to bottom. How about you, Taylor? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it too. Um, because I, I agree it's on both, but you go into the Baylor game. I mean, what the heck's a coach supposed to do when the ball hits a player's hands and he doesn't right. catch it? I mean, right. is he supposed to run off the sideline and catch it for him? The players were in position to make plays. And I know, like, you know, people were questioning, like, why? And we we talked about it, too, even after the game. You know, why is Marcus Washington not getting better? Why are there these drop balls? I mean, there's only so much a coach can do. if there, It's a coach's job to put a player in position to make plays, and it's a player's job to make the plays, execute being in that position and making the plays. And I think that you're not seeing that a lot of times and it's at critical moments and it's game changing moments. And so I, I think obviously the coaches do have some of the blame too. They've got to do a better job of making adjustments to their opponents in game adjustments. But at the end of the day, if the players aren't going to, you know, make execute and make the plays, the coach can only make so much before, <laughs> there's a lesser just taking the field themselves. So yeah, I'm going to leave it and say it's definitely on both. And it's especially in my opinion on the players to execute and make plays when they are on the field. Yeah. Remember Xavier worthy dropping everything against TCU. Yeah. <laughs> Bounce back. Yeah. You don't expect two of the three receivers who are on the field to have the, that day on yeah. the same day. For and sure. And that's what happened. And yeah, I mean, you could you could look at those those five plays right there. The two drops by Joshua Moore, the two drops by Marcus Washington, the fumble by Joshua Moore, and say, if those plays are executed, Texas wins the game. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I used to hate under Charlie Strong's teams, you always heard about like execution and we've got to do a better job executing. Like I was like, if I hear the word execution right now, I might execute myself because I'm so tired of hearing this right. word, but that's what what's happening right now. I, I've been using the word execute more this year than I've ever wanted to use in my career after covering Charlie Strong's teams. But it's true. I mean, 
you know, coaches get the blame all too often. And we've seen how many assistant coaches, how many head coaches even, you know, at this point in the last 10 years be at Texas. And it's like, I mean, I, I always think this is totally off subject. I go back to that uh, OU game in 2019 when CD Lamb is like wide open field. And I remember a certain uh, beat writer, I'll, I'll say a personality more so than anything else. I won't call him by name, but uh, tweeted something like, I can't, could, what if I told you that CD Lamb scored here? Like these coaches are not doing their jobs. And it's like, I see five Texas players around CD Lamb. Like what, what was supposed to happen? Craig Niver and Jason Washington run from the press box and tackle him for them. It's like, no, I see five players in position that didn't make the play. And that's kind of what I'm getting like little flashbacks, random, totally off topic there, but I'm getting little flashbacks of that this year. And a lot of people are blaming coaches where it's kind of like, what, what, I mean, is yeah. Andre Coleman supposed to catch the ball? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe well, he is. Who knows? <laughs> Zavi eligibility know. left from his K-State days. <laughs> I had players tell me um, that the Texas OU series goes in streaks. Mm -hmm. And if you get on the wrong side of it, it can be really hard to turn because of the atmosphere of the Cotton Bowl. And if, if you're the losing team in a losing streak, the oh, here we go again factor is really strong. Yeah. And it takes a group that has lived through that pain that finally reaches their senior year that says enough. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to end this. And that's what finally happened for Vince young and the, that Texas team after five straight losses in the OU series. Right. And I feel yeah. like that's, this is a tiny microcosm of that. These three losses where you've played well enough to show you can win the game, but you don't win the game you finally have to stand up and say enough and yeah. so we'll see if uh if this happens or not no it's player like only meetings taylor the players no. there's there's been no player only meetings good good that point good yet. job guys you have to figure it out during practice oh right. man i'm gonna leave it number three all right my final one for you chip is love it or leave it the position texas will hit the transfer portal the hardest this off season is the offensive line I'm going to, I'm going to love this. And I think Steve Sarkeesian kind of hinted at that today. Um, he was asked about offensive line recruiting. They only have two O-line commitments. And he said, you know, we were stunned. They only had two offensive line signees last year. Right. And he said, you know, typically you're taking five every year. And so, yeah. I, I look for them to hit the portal hard uh, in the offensive line. How about you? Yes, I agree. I'm going to love it. I 100% they're going to. Um, I mean, there's still some big, you know, key offensive line recruits that are still out there. And Steve Sarkeesian obviously didn't mention them by name, but hinted at the fact that, you know, there are some still on the board who have not made their commitments and they're very well in the mix um with that too but there's no denying that they need help on the offensive line right now and relying on incoming true freshmen to be the help right now is usually not what coaches do and so i would be surprised if they i mean that they, they may sign five still and still hit the transfer portal honestly because i think that they need immediate help and no coach wants to rely on a true freshman starting an offensive line you know that's such a that and quarterback are the two positions i feel like need a redshirt year because it's such a different game from high school to college. So I a hundred percent agree. 
I think they're going to sign as many as they possibly can if they can get some of the big name guys out there and listen to the state of recruiting. Our guys will cover more on that, um, especially with some visits coming up here in the month of November. But yes, 100%, I, I would be absolutely shocked if Texas did not add at least a couple of people from the transfer portal on the offensive line this um, offseason. That's right. Stay tuned to the state of recruiting. I mean, it's it, it, as ugly as it's been on the field, recruiting has been very interesting. Yeah. And, Steve and it Sarkisian hasn't fallen said, off too much. Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian said he's happy with the way recruiting is going. So um, that's if, if that's where the the future of the program is, and we know it is, uh, then stick with the state of recruiting and, and make sure you're checking that out. Check out um, the uh, the Blitz as well with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. And, uh, and until next time here on the flagship podcast, uh, we hope you'll, if you're not a member of Horns 24-7, you'll become an annual member and, and reap all the VIP benefits of all the, the team sites and the preeminent uh, college football and basketball network 24 seven sports and make sure you su you're subscribed to the 24 seven sports. Um, well, the horns 24 <laughs> seven YouTube channel and 24 seven sports. Josh gets enough. Josh Pate gets enough credit. So we don't need to. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Make sure he does great stuff too. So horns 24 seven first subscribe 24 seven sports second <laughs> and make sure that you tune in to our our flagship podcast interview pre previewing this week's game against Iowa State. That'll come out on Thursday. For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.